Hello, wonderful people. Going to continue with uncomfortable feelings this week. And the second of our uncomfortable feelings that I'm going to invite us to think about is sadness. And this one's kind of an obvious one in many ways, perhaps a bit like anger, in the sense that we don't like feeling sad. By and large, there can be a great deal of catharsis or even a kind of melancholic enjoyment, which explains why a lot of us quite enjoy sad films. Um, perhaps music that sounds with a certain sadness in our ear. But by and large, we don't enjoy the feeling and we tend to... Hmm, I'm generalising here. I'm going to personalise instead. Sadness invites me to think I'm doing something wrong. Because if I was doing it right, I wouldn't feel sad about it. Yeah? Or it invites me to think that something has gone wrong. That there is a sudden lack of safety or security. Something's gone terribly wrong and... Now I'm sad. Sadness seems to invite us to fix it. Or we're frightened of it because it's like this black hole. We think, oh no, if I start down there, if I start feeling that, I'm not sure how I'm going to stop. When we think about uncomfortable feelings, I think it's worth... This makes me giggle a bit because I always think it's worth doing this because I am a life story therapist. But it's worth going back into the early chapters of our story and considering what did our family do with sadness? What happened if we were sad? Did we expect or receive comfort? Was there anger in the face of our sadness? Perhaps we were sad because of something that happened that we were then held responsible for. Yeah, so I was mucking around with my favourite, favourite best stick slash wand slash sword and I dropped it off the bridge and now I'm sad. And a very common parental response to this is, of course, quite mixed. You go, oh no, that special sword, stick, wand has been lost. But what on earth were you doing waving it around over the bridge? Of course it fell. So sadness feels, what, irrational? Unnecessary? A silly reaction? when we have in fact caused the event that made it sad. It can be very difficult for parents to hold sadness for their children without trying to fix it. And fixing comes in two ways, of course. We fix a child's sadness by blaming them for it, which tends to be what happens when we can't fix it ourselves. 
So child has just been given an ice cream. Something scared the child. Child drops ice cream. Ice cream on floor. Child is sad. Easy fix for the adult is to buy a new ice cream. It's okay, it's okay, it wasn't your fault, it's okay, I've got a new one. See, everything's better now. You don't need to be sad anymore. Because look, I have taken away your reason to be sad. Your reason to be sad was the loss of the ice cream. I've removed that, I've replaced the ice cream. No more need for sadness. We could unpack that, but if I just focus on what parents often do with sadness and move to the well what if it can't be replaced what if the ice cream was bought from a passing ice cream van which we have here in the UK a lot and the van has now moved on and there is no way of replacing it it can be a very common reaction for the parent to then blame the child for dropping it oh isn't it a shame you didn't hold on to it tighter It's really difficult to just let a child be sad because a parent very often takes a lot of responsibility for that child's well-being and seems to feel the emotions of that child as a responsibility too. So we're either rescued from our sadness or blamed for it. Or there is, of course, the third option, where we are neither rescued or blamed. The sadness is allowed, but with a complete lack of any sympathy, empathy, comfort. An emotional absence. And what we learn as children with this reaction is, you can be sad, but that doesn't affect anybody else. And this might be a parent who's trying to have good boundaries, who's trying to not rush in and fix, or is a parent who's just completely overwhelmed and is shutting off their own feelings in the presence of their child's feelings. But the way a child is going to experience that is emotional abandonment. When I am sad, I am alone, is what we learn with that one. Do any of these ring bells for you? They're all hard places to be with our sadness. Even the rescuing is hard. Because as loving and as kind the intention is, our parents fear and fluster and urgency to take away our sadness communicates to us as children that sadness is not safe. And if people love us, they will rescue us from them. And so, of course, if in our adult relationships, a loved one isn't trying to make the sad thing go away, we might feel desperately unloved because we have associated and we've been taught to associate rescue with love. Oh, I'm feeling that in my gut. So many of us are frightened of sadness. And that makes me sad. 
for any feeling to be a scary feeling limits us hugely. For years I couldn't watch anything sad. I could get triggered by tear fund advertisements on the television. Films with sad endings would have me flying into a rage to protect myself from the sadness, of course. I couldn't bear it. And I couldn't bear it because of the deep well of sadness within me. Crying was terrifying because I didn't know how to make it stop. It was quite lonely to be sad. And just huge when you felt it bubbling up. And this is the case for a lot of third culture kids. A combination, I think, of often having parents who themselves were overwhelmed with feelings a lot of the time. Without as many extended family members perhaps to help support and vary their own experience of people's reactions to their feelings but also because of the immense losses TCK's experience we collect many things to be sad about we collect many experiences of loss, leaving, grieving. And it's a completely rational response in the face of loss to feel sad. But for a lot of us, our stories do not make much space for the sadness. We're encouraged to look to the positives, to think of the next adventure, to focus our energies on settling into the new place, the new circumstance, the new friendships. And our sadness gets put into a box. Or criticised. But that box is not watertight. Our sadness leaks out. Our sadness leaks out either when triggered by sad films, I can't feel my sadness so I'll feel the characters, or it's triggered by beliefs that we carry in ourselves such as I must always feel content or excited or positive. Our sadness does show up. It might even show up in the way that we may find ourselves avoiding future losses, avoiding relationships, even avoiding deep friendships because the deep ones are the ones we will miss. I love the Pixar Inside Out movie um, and I think it's pretty well known but the basic premise, it's a wonderful children's film, 
The basic premise of Inside Out is that the majority of the action takes place inside a child's head. We are introduced to different characters who act as kind of the emotional hub of that child's development and learning and memory making and decision making. And joy runs the show. Joy is the child's primary way of interacting with the world as she grows up. And she's a happy kid. Then we also have fear. Fear is responsible for helping her think twice about trying to pet a barking dog that she doesn't know or think twice about jumping from too high a point. And then we have disgust. And disgust is the emotion that shows up when she's trying to communicate she really doesn't like broccoli to her parents. And disgust gets a bigger role in teenage years where everything is weird and gross and ugh. Anger shows up when the broccoli is insisted on or when she's resisting her parents in some way. And then there's sadness. And sadness is a character we're introduced to as a character that makes everybody else a bit uncomfortable. She's a bit mopey. Quite softly spoken. A bit shy. And it is Joy's life work to try and keep sadness away from the dashboard, away from the control centre of this child's mind and experience. And throughout the film, we are introduced to the notion that sadness has a pivotal role to play in this child's maturation and growth and an ability to function as a, as a full human. It's also a wonderful TCK film because the crisis involved in the film is a child moves. She moves away for her parents' work. She moves away from her friends and her hockey team and everything that's familiar. And she needs sadness to help her make sense of what she's experiencing. And when Joy tries to keep sadness out of the picture, she's left with anger, disgust and fear as her alternatives. And if I think about my life, how much anger has served in place of sadness, I think, wow. I think my joy was slightly overdeveloped too, or at least my sense that I should be joyful. That I didn't feel like I had a language that made sadness make sense. That why would I be sad? And we need this as children. We need somebody to make the sadness okay. To make it not scary and not wrong and not inconvenient. 
Did you have that? Sadness is our uncomfortable feeling this week. We can avoid it for a very long time, but it will leak. Often in the form of tears. But sad things need tears. They can be very healing. Thank you for listening. It's tempting to try and wrap up this episode with something constructive, but I'm not sure that's the point of sadness. I think you can just be without a nice, neat ending. Thank you for listening. Bye.